0: It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. We had the incredible opportunity to hang out with Alex of Necrogoblicon over Zoom video. Alex was born and raised in Sacramento. He talks about how he got into music, picked up uh, piano at a very early age, was putting piano lessons around six. Wasn't all that stoked on the piano, but very... Grateful that he did learn that. Around twelve years old, he picked up the bass, played that for a little while. Eventually, started playing guitar. He moved to Santa Barbara to attend college at the University of Santa Barbara, and that's where he met the other guys in Necrogoblicon. When he first met the guys in Necrogoblicon, they had their first record done. It was up on MySpace, but they had never played any shows or done anything with it. So he joined the band. They played their first show. They had a little traction. Ended up graduating college, moving to Los Angeles to pursue a career in the music industry, not necessarily with the band, just kind of seeing how that would go. And they shot a music video that ended up going viral, which was the first time we saw John Goblikon, who is the goblin that is on stage with them to this day. And he hosts a really funny talk show called Right Now. But his first appearance was in the viral music video that came out for the song No One Survives. The video did so well, obviously, it went viral. They ended up using John Goblicon as the hype man, so, so to speak, for the band. And right after the viral success of the song as well, they were getting these big festival offers. And they were able to, to, to kind of ride that wave for a little while. He told us about touring with Limp Bizkit. The turning point for the band, which was around 2018 when they released Welcome to Bonkers all about the system of a down cover they released uh, over the pandemic, and all about this brand new record, The Fundamental Slimes and Humors. You can watch our interview with Alex on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you hook us up with a five-star review. That would mean so much. And just follow us there as well. That'd be great.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Necro Goblikon. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. My name's Adam and this is about you, uh, your journey in music. and We'll talk about the new record as well. Sounds good. Sweet. Um, awesome. So first off, where were you born and raised? Uh, I'm from Sacramento, originally. Sacramento, California. Okay. Um,
1: so yeah, lived there for, uh, first, uh, 18 years of my life, moved down, to uh, I went to college at Santa Barbara, where I met, um, one of the members who's, who's now no longer with NecroGobbleCon, but, uh, um, that's how I initially joined when I was 19. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, you know, we, we all moved to LA, like, uh, about six years later, five or six years later. So living in LA now.
0: Right on. I'm originally from San Diego. Um, oh, awesome. There. I know, I know that, I mean, it's funny because people think California, i I recently moved to Nashville and right. that's like, oh, like, oh, from San Diego, like, oh, so is that, is like, if you say like San Francisco or Sacramento, people assume it's like sort of close. I'm like, no, that's like right. plus hours in the car. You can drive to like six states. Right.
1: Yeah. People don't realize how big of a state of California is. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so you you grew up in Northern California and Sacramento. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Sacramento?
1: Um. you know, I, I can't really point to anything particularly notable you know it seems like it pretty you know i grew up like a kind of suburban area um yeah like uh you know we, we we wouldn't get shows a whole lot because we weren't like at least you know it's become a little more of a, mar- a concert market now but it felt like uh back then i always had to i would drive like two hours to San Francisco to see shows I uh, okay to see a lot go out yeah to like, yeah uh, um what's the, the clubs there. what's
0: the festival they do out there now Aftershock. Oh, Aftershock. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's rad that that's there, right? I mean, the yeah. love they always get. Yeah, it is awesome.
1: And I think it's, I, I think the US is finally starting to kind of pick up where, where Europe's been for a very long time, which is kind of like these, creating these insanely huge destination festivals that aren't really located in like a big city, but like it just, you know, but mm-hmm. it'll be somewhere where people will drive hours to be there. So it kind of like- that's, I think that's what's starting to have finally become popular in America, yeah. which is cool.
0: Because that hasn't been around very long. So I'm sure you're out of Sacramento at that point.
1: Right, yeah, I, I hadn't, yeah, I haven't even been to an Aftershock yet. It would be cool to check. Oh, or, wow, or maybe play one if any. Right, if I was gonna say, you are guys, watching this,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys fit the vibe obviously for that lineup. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, I like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay, so you traveled quite a you know, you'd have to go to San Francisco or Oakland or whatever to see shows, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, okay, and how did you get into music?
1: um you know so the first like music i really enjoyed was like i never followed bands and or anything until i was like 11 or 12 i think 10, yeah around that age before mm-hmm. that i was like really into video games and so i was like i would like the music that was in the in video games in and, the game and like and i would buy movie soundtracks and shit
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so i think and then i discovered bands and stuff like i started getting into the offspring and then like later like Corn and Metallica and Mm -hmm. stuff and I think but you know eventually I kind of found my way to metal that musically sounds like it could be video game music as well I think you know and I I discovered Children of Bodom and Mm -hmm. in uh, high school and that felt like it was kind of you it, it reminded me of something i didn't know what i realized it was so many of the melodies kind of were things i'd already liked from video games and the synths and everything and yeah so i kind of like so finding my way to to a band like necrogallicon felt like it was par for the course you know
0: that's interesting anyway, to yeah. think about yeah because there there is a lot of similarities in certain metal and like the songs that were in in, in video games especially back years ago right. right yeah
1: yeah those yeah just like those really just great melodies like those, those mm-hmm. composers were great and the, you know that i like i feel like it went overlooked for a long time i think mm-hmm. it's starting to start to pick up more now with uh, all these different niches exploding but uh
0: mm-hmm. yeah would you say like wh- is there anything like that stands out as far as like a game or like a movie soundtrack that you bought and were like oh like this song was on it and i like n- i heard this song in the game or in the movie and i bought it because like some video like madden or like fifa games are like notorious having oh. right? these like great soundtracks right right yeah like, uh,
1: t- uh tony hawk that g- oh game. It was tony hawk okay yeah, i definitely i definitely heard a lot of like in terms of discovering bands mm-hmm. um like tony hawk i think was like the first time i heard um what bands i discovered i think like suicidal tendencies i first mm-hmm. heard on tony hawk is i think they were on it
0: yeah like Dead it was kennedy. like kennedy like yeah. punk rock bands that were on there yeah yeah. Primus like first, I think um, was on that first one. Oh, I,
1: I loved Primus. Yeah. <laughs> Primus, I was a huge fan of Primus. So yeah, I think, yeah. I'm, Tony <laughs> I Hawk. That's them cool. There.
0: Yeah. What about playing uh guitar? Uh, uh, like what was the first instrument you learned? Was it guitar?
1: So first, first instrument I learned was, was a piano at like, my parents put me in like piano lessons when I was six. So I had oh. like, some kind of, you know, I didn't have a, like, you know, I didn't have a passion for it yet. It was just kind of like, all right, something I have to do, but I'm glad that i started that early with music so i feel like when i by the time i picked up bass and guitar when i was like 12 i kind of there was something that felt familiar about picking out notes and and learning stuff and and you know and yeah i I already learned how to read rhythms and everything and so i felt like it gave me a little bit of a head start so
0: for sure how long did how long did you play piano uh,
1: I was kind of on offer it. Cause I, I didn't really want
0: to, you know, I was forced right, to of so course. I, I, I'd like quit
1: <laughs> and then come back to my parents. Were like, Oh, let's try it again. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. That, uh, that was my next question. If, if you like, you know, if you felt like it helped, and it sounds like it did, as far as like now in your in your career,
1: that's how I interpret it. You know, who yeah. knows? Maybe maybe it didn't actually, and I thought it did.
0: <laughs> but, well, I would you think know. it would, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, right. learning kind of the base of everything. Yeah. I mean, the piano can play anything, right? Both harmonies and and the bass lines and everything. Right.
1: Yeah. And it was a and because you have to kind of like you have to be have a certain degree of kind of limb independence with it kind of you mm-hmm. know you, you, you're what you'd be playing on the bass cleft could be just completely different than what you're doing like a lead on the right hand so i feel like that that probably helped out too especially you know bass and guitar are, are each just one of those
0: sure so, sure yeah, yeah that's what, yeah it's kind of it's a whole band in one one uh instrument yeah absolutely. in a sense um so you said bass and guitar what was first the bass or the guitar
1: I I first picked up bass because just because it felt like everyone else was playing guitar. I'm like, well, I don't know a lot of bassists, so I'm gonna Okay. But then I like I I just naturally I, I felt like, you know, I'd start hearing get especially getting into bands that were doing solos and leads and stuff. I was like, man, I wanna I wanna do more of that. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I like only I think like a year or two after I picked up bass, I also got a guitar and then, you know, ended up ended up playing guitar obviously more like professionally. I still love bass though. You know, so still did you, playing
0: both. Did you play band in any bands in high school or prior um, to that?
1: Uh, I was like, you know, we I'd have bands that were like, you know, we'd like get together and jam and maybe write a couple songs. Nothing in high school that ever got got to play live at all. Oh, so, really? Yeah, not, I never got to that point. There were too many disagreements with people I, I worked with, and um, and then like in, in when I got to college, I like started a metalcore band that played maybe like two or three shows, something like that. Okay. And then uh, very shortly after um, got like, got into NecroGabbleCon, which had existed for about two months prior to, to me, to me joining.
0: So, okay. Uh, yeah. So, so that, that, I've that,
1: been with it since then. Yeah.
0: Since then. Yeah. So you went to uh, UC Santa Barbara, you said? Yeah. Okay. Um, and did you go there for music or just go there? To, Cause you wanted to go there.
1: Um, I wanted to go there. Um, I, uh, my, uh, my parents didn't want me and they were, highly against me uh, majoring in in music because they're like you can't make make money doing that of course we're not sending to a uc school to learn music
0: (laughs) right and and
1: and they're they're not entirely wrong (laughs) but but, uh so but i I always wanted to play music i was hoping that like when i got there i would meet other musicians and uh Mm -hmm. and especially it was like a beach town so you didn't have a lot of metal happening it was like almost no metal so kind of i had this like huge need to find out anyone I could find that played that listens to metal at all and could even kind of play. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's, let's start a band together. You know, let's let's, we got to do something. And that, I eventually found my way to uh to Tim who had started the band with Nikki, our, our singer. And uh he's like, yeah, we're in, you know, we want to turn, they, they had done the first album, Goblin Island, just the two of them. And they had, uh, they'd released it on MySpace space at the time. Oh, okay. and, and they were like, we need it. Well, we, we want to make this a full band. And, you know, like, so like I got invited to play. And so I joined in February, 2007. So, so that's oh, that, this month. That makes it 15 years that I've been.
0: been wow. So, that's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. Uh, uh, do, like I've, I know you uh, see Santa Barbara pretty well. Did you nice. live in like Isla Vista? I did. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's uh, quite the city. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Was that it, where you're playing in your band? Like would you guys play shows there and stuff?
1: Yeah, we would just, we would do backyard shows all the time. And we would uh-huh. just, and, and it. You, whenever there's live shows there, you normally walk by and hear reggae and whatnot. And then right, we were just course. these weirdos fucking, we'd buy a, a keg of beer just to get people to come to the show. We're like, no one's going to come to, you know, just see a band for no reason. So we're like, all right, we'd all pitch in, get a keg there and be like, hey, there's there's a keg here. Also, we'll be playing music, you know? Right, right. And, <laughs> and it kind it, it, it kind of picked up. It became this kind of odd phenomenon where it's just this random like Nordic sounding goblin metal band just in the middle of this beach town full of reggae. And it it started to kind of develop an audience. And we started having like people coming out, like we have like two, 300 people out in a backyard, just like chugging beers and knocking each other out in a pit and stuff. So it it developed a kind of traction. It didn't, you know, it it took a long time for that to go anywhere beyond that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, even initially it had some kind of, it had this, this pull to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's totally different than anything I would think when I think of Santa Barbara, especially like Isla Vista. It's like, yeah, it's like acoustic guitars and like surfing and and that culture. And then yeah. to have a band like yours be there. But, but what a brilliant idea to have the keg because it, it, the weird <laughs> thing about people that are listening and don't know Isla Vista, basically you just you can be walking down the street and if you hear like a party going on, it's just like open door. You just yeah. like, hey, you just walk it, in. and <laughs> It's complete chaos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you don't have to be invited. You just really like the doors are open and you just walk in. You're like, maybe somebody will be asking for a few bucks at the door to, to drink off their keg, but it's not <laughs> like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything it, organized. No, no one that.
1: was really vetted. <laughs> for right. <kids>. That's right. <laughs> Just like, all right, come on in.
0: <laughs> that's so rad though. Okay. Yeah. So you guys did that for, I mean, through college. So once you, or actually, how did you meet the, the guys that started? how did you meet Tim?
1: So I, I met Tim. Um, so yeah, I, the, the dude I had started a metal core band with uh, his name was Dan. And so he and Tim were kind of the same, the same class. And they had known each other. They had been in a different band together. So with such a small kind of handful of metal heads in the city, it was kind of quite incestuous. If you you worked with someone who was into metal, they had worked with at least someone else. So it was through Dan was like the, the link between me and Tim. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, we, I remember the, the, the first, like I, I joined the band and with two weeks before the first gig, anyway, I had like five songs to learn and, just kind of like just trial by fire just you know jumped right in and and yeah it so we um we had uh and we we kind of stayed at that kind of local college level you know uh for about we moved to LA in like 2000 what year is it I think 2011 2000 yeah 2011 we moved to LA um and that was kind of like you know I both me and Nikki both were were we weren't even sure what was going to happen with the band. We wanted to keep doing it, but we knew that we wanted to work in the music industry in some capacity. We, we were for sure wanted to do music. I, mm-hmm. So I started uh, interning at a record label where I got hired and Nikki kind of went to work for publishers and worked in studios. And so we, you know, we didn't really, we kind of always had high hopes for the band. We always put a lot of effort into it, had a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we ever expected it to be where it is now, you know?
0: Right. Wow. Okay. So you finished college at at UC Santa Barbara and then moved to LA, regardless if the band was going to continue on or not. You wanted, you went down there yeah to, I do work I, in the industry
1: right I knew I knew that hey like you know i you know we always hope for the best with the band, but it's like I know for sure I definitely like music is the the uh industry for me this is what I care about, so I'm obsessed with it so mm-hmm. i'll I'll find a place for myself here somewhere,
0: okay so, yeah. okay when did the live show turn into like what it is now I mean when did you get you know you have the, the goblin and like everything that's kind of happening within the show itself like would that that probably and maybe correct me if i'm wrong was that happening when you were at a vista and playing those shows in santa barbara
1: not at all no and it, it was interesting so like yeah we always because you know we the the band the like tim and nikki's idea to start the band was as like a joke like they thought it was a funny thing like what if we just made a, an album just about goblins <laughs> okay. and, and like <laughs> and you know, Tim had a bunch of leftover riffs from his his uh his, another death metal band he had. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so like he wanted to start another project and they just over the summer they just like made this album just like very tongue-in-cheek. Um they you know, and so thematically the thing was always like, like like, felt like a meme to us, you know, starting out like it was just a joke, but you know, mm-hmm. but musically we cared. Like we had, you know, like we put a lot of work into practicing. We made ourselves a lot better of musicians to, to write and record better and better material as, as we went on. But there was like live, there was like, when we do battle the bands and everything, They would always be like, well, you guys are kind of half-assing this goblin thing. Maybe you guys should dress as oh. goblins. And, and we're like, uh, you know, it, I could see they were right. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. But I, you know, it was also, it was so not us to like suddenly just be completely, you, you know, like, <laughs> Come like out of a
0: suit. Right? Like yeah, we,
1: like, like we have to always be breaking the fourth wall in some kind of way. And like there was for us to just kind of be totally like drink our own Kool Aid and just wear a goblin. It, it felt like it was betraying the initial uh, like reason for the band starting. So we mm-hmm. kind of didn't. We didn't know what to do. Uh, but we're like, well, let's just keep playing shows. There's a little bit of interest in us and we're having fun doing this. And then, uh, we played a show, uh, that like, and there, there was like 10 people there, uh, like up in the Valley. And, uh, one of my coworkers came to the show and he brought his, uh, his, uh, neighbor, who was a good friend of his named Brandon Dermer, who, uh, so he was an up and coming director, and saw the show, and just was floored. Loved it. Came up to me after the show. He's like, "I don't know how this room isn't totally packed. I really want to make you guys a music video. Like, you know, like what's your email? I'm gonna send you my reel." And you know, he sent it to me, and it was like he he had already been working with uh, a comedian John Leguizamo, and he'd already had some viral success with with comedic videos. So I was like, uh, I, okay. I, I felt like like dude, this okay? This guy's like r- r- right up our alley. He understands. You know the the kind of the humor side, the self awareness side, but he's really into the music. And so he he eventually pitched us this idea of a uh, of you know he was like you know at first I was thinking maybe making some kind of goblin war video, but I realized how self aware you guys are and where you're coming from. And I was like we, thinking maybe we just have this kind of a goblin who like exists in the human world and just like has a day job and he goes to work and like he has a crush on the girl and like he, he can't get his shit together and he's you know like and when he called and pitched that idea, I was like, that's totally in line with how I, what I feel like this band represents. And he, he knocked the video completely out of the park and it was, and he, he pulled every favor he had and, and you know, and that, that video went viral. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we had this goblin that was just this emblem for us. So I was like, all right, well, let's, let's try bringing this guy out live now. Let's let's bring. Oh, so let's, it
0: started with the music video. I didn't started with the that. music
1: video. Yeah. So like the music was there, you know, and so that was already our second album that the song was for. So we uh-huh. already established our style musically and everything, but this kind of contextualized everything. And so suddenly we're just like have this goblin and, you know, like, so we're like, yeah, what do we name him? Like, yeah, John Goblicon. you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that sounds funny. Yeah. So suddenly we had to like, yeah, just, we we then melded the band to this new character that that suddenly yeah it it, it communicated so much so so quickly just with mm-hmm. that 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 goblin's character and it's like yeah this is kind of like this represents the kind of dudes we are this this whole funny gimmick thing yeah you know so that that's that's really where where like the, the Necro Goblin we're known as today that started mm-hmm. in, in 2012 with that video.
0: Okay. And how quick that was with No one No One Survives. This yeah. is the video. Yeah. Um and uh I'm curious like, how did you, because the same guy plays the Goblin to now, right? I mean, it's. He, yeah, Dave, Dave Riscoley, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's still yeah. the Goblin. And yeah. was he, did, did the director, like, cast him? Or, like, how did how did you find him to kind of, because what he does is so good. I mean, I was even watching the show, that like, the talk show that yeah. he, you know, he's got Bobby Lee on or even, like, Caden Cross, yeah. who was in that first video. And just, like, how funny and how quick he is. Yeah. Like, is that, that was he like casted in? Like, how did that, how'd you find him?
1: So Brandon and and David had already been working together on a few other projects. Uh, Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, I know like they both had lived in Chicago, uh, before, I don't know if they knew each other back then or not. I'm, I'm, I'm fuzzy on that. Uh, okay. Um, but, uh, they had already begun working together and, you know, had a, had a good working relationship and, uh, yeah, when, when he, when, Dermer thought of the idea for this goblin he's like, yeah, Dave was, was his first call. He's like, yeah, it's gotta be Dave for this. So, so yeah, but it worked out for, yeah, worked out for them, worked out for us, you know, it like, cause that the video also launched, launched Brandon's career to, to a huge extent cause that, that got him discovered by Diplo and oh, okay. suddenly he started, you know, now he's, so he's been, he's done music videos for such a variety of artists now and he's, he's has, and he has a, a you know, films coming out. Like he's, he's doing really well. And it, it's, it's, interesting that this is this, this one video kind of launched both the band and
0: and you know, here and wow. dave
1: too yeah so it, it it was really a monumental moment definitely that
0: for sure wow well what's what's interesting or what says something about it, the band is like if that if you guys would have put this together and the band wasn't any good right i mean like you said we're kind of like a jokey like meme was like like a meme band in the beginning like that was kind of yeah. the idea but that only works is if if the music works and the music is good and that the the people playing the right. music is good because if your band sucked and you're like oh I've got this we got this great idea people would be like not interested you know it, it wouldn't never yeah. land <laughs> yeah. right
1: and thank you and and I I do feel that way too where it's like if if for some reason because you know some I think you look at a band like us and you're like okay clear like it almost looks like oh they just thought of the goblin gimmick idea first and then decided to write music around it. And I Uh feel like, because that's what I would think if I was writing as an outsider. Uh Uh, But I think if, if we had done it that way, I feel like the music wouldn't have been as kind of uniquely inspired itself. And it would have been a little too try hard. So I think like the way, the way it all came about with, with kind of meeting Brandon and him kind of providing this missing piece while we were already making music just for the love of it and the fun of it i think that that that's what made it sustainable i think because yeah i I think we could have done any song with that video concept and it would have blown up but the ability to still be here putting out music and continuing to develop a fan base and getting becoming a a bigger and bigger band i don't think we would have been able to do that if our heart wasn't with the music from the Mm -hmm. from the beginning you know
0: yeah you wouldn't have you probably wouldn't have been able to the longevity because it would have been the video yeah. oh there's this one viral video that was really funny and then right you know no one cares anymore right it, the next viral video hits or the next totally. thing happens
1: yeah exactly and, and a viral video is like no one because there's so many videos we've all seen they're like oh that video is great but you know it doesn't cause you to be invested in a band you know it's just kind of like right it's oh, a great video and all right next yeah mm-hmm. so the challenge really was when that first happened it's like okay we got to like keep up with this so we got to just start pumping out more music and like you know refining the music, making the music just yeah making it and making it continue to grow with this with this goblin on the internet so
0: yeah. <laughs> how, I'm a last question on the on the viral video I'm just curious how quickly did it kind of start to rack up views
1: it was like I remember on day one it was like ten thousand Wow which was already more than I any much more than we could have anticipated but like by the end of the week it was at like six hundred thousand. oh my gosh because it it hit the front page of reddit and when i saw that happen I'm like oh shit (laughs)
0: it's it's gonna be a thing it's gonna be a thing (laughs) yeah wow Wow. that's huge that's so big and then once the video is going viral and it's like okay now we got the we've got to make this into a live show we got to get them to come out and and do this did it take much convincing to have dave join the band as the goblin
1: um it 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 took it it, a little bit. Yeah. We had to, it it was a lot of discussions, figuring stuff out. We had our first tour offer ever upon doing that. were we're like these festivals in Germany and the UK. So it was like, really like there wasn't much of a ramp up, like the way most bands have to that, where you've played Mm -hmm. played club shows for years and you solely grew it. it was like, Playing the corners of dark bars for like seven years, and then suddenly, bam! We're playing Download Fest, and so oh, we, wow. we, had, we brought. I remember for that tour, we brought Dave and 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 Brandon. Brandon shot a bunch of footage. The we have a video for the song Power Core that that Der, that Dermer was shooting on his phone on stage with us while we were playing at at Rock yeah, at the the German festivals Rock and Park and Rock and Ring and at Download. And so that, that was a kind of a, a, a huge kickoff to it. And uh, yeah, like shortly after, like, think like what, maybe six months later, seven months later, we were on tour with Limp Biscuit in the UK. And, you know, so we had these kind of crazy things you wouldn't expect for like a kind of melodic death metal sounding bands, mm-hmm. the kind of situations you wouldn't find yourself in if you didn't have, you know, this whole goblin thing going on. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But I mean, so. obviously the music again speaks for it too, because, but I, that's interesting. I didn't know if, and, and I'm glad you answered with that. That's cool that you guys got, you know, those, the download Festival those gigs right away. Cause yeah. I would imagine, I was imagining you guys going, okay, now we got to go play this little bar in the Valley and, <laughs> and, and bring the goblin out and kind of try to get him like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. they're, like, Oh, is this the band that had the viral <laughs> one of those things? But that's yeah. rad that it was able to kind of elevate the way it did from, Absolutely. from, from that video.
1: Yeah, that we, we were able to to strike while the iron was hot, per se. Yeah. Sure, yeah. sure.
0: Um, so from there, I mean, you, you, do you get signed to a record label out of that?
1: We've been doing this all ourselves this whole
0: time. Seriously, so, the so whole I, time?
1: I run, uh, you know, we had some label interest when that video first came out. Uh-huh. And it's just kind of like the, the amount that was like the, the deals weren't good. And, you know, like, you know, we had some funds to put in ourselves. And it was just like, well, let's. Fuck them. Let's do this ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the royalty rates were like, you know, fucking insulting that we were getting <laughs> right. offered. Right. And it, 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 so we just decided to do it ourselves. So I, I handle all the business side of it. Like, you know, I basically run our late. I run our one band label.
0: <laughs> right. Mystery Box <laughs> and, is the label that you guys yeah. created, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if that was on everything you did was through that then. Uh, right. so as far right. as like. Uh, we we didn't name it an, an entity until like 2014 to 2015,
1: but but essentially everything we've done is, is self-release, yeah. and, and self-release. And we're, we yeah. handle everything in-house and yeah.
0: Wow. And so, was it, w- were was it difficult to kind of follow up that, the success of like that first, you know, big record, big song. And it's like, okay, now we have, still have eyes on us Do Is it, you know, how are we going to continue this? Or was that just not even a thought? Like we've yeah we keep acquiring fans. Let's just keep...
1: It was, it was super, it was tough. Cause we weren't like that. We weren't used to the pace that we would have to be at to, to keep up with that. So we had, we had some, like some hiccups and some, like, you know, I think we definitely lost momentum a little bit and had to kind of start up from, from ground zero to build it back up again and reinvent ourselves. Uh, Cause we, we just, we were so used to being kind of weekend warriors with it. You know, we all had jobs or school or whatever. We come back from work and whatever time we had, we, we'd practice and play a couple bar gigs, you know, so suddenly turning this into a main focus of our lives and just going like going fully hard on it. And, um, and consistently with it, that was like a, a thing that we had to adapt to. And then there, that led to a lot of member changes because that then suddenly it split the band into like, okay, are, are you going to go be a band guy? Or are, do you still, do you want to keep your life the same? Mm -hmm. So that, that caused, you know, we had to, we, so that's when we started having more of a revolving door of musicians. Uh, We've kept the same lineup now for like, I think five or six years. So it's, it's consistent now, but that during around 2014, 2015, that was a a big time of uncertainty and trying to make sure we like met the expectations of the no one survives video, tried to trying to follow up with it while still growing as a band and not phoning it in. And, and trying to be creatively satisfied with it. It was a, it was a mess. So <laughs> to, to, to be totally honest. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, the good thing is when we kept at it and we like, uh-huh. and we persisted and even at times with like, I think after, after the heavy meta cycle, it was like, definitely like, is this worth it? Are we, you know, we're almost not sure we were going to keep going and, you know, oh we, wow. Really? Yeah. We were, we weren't sure. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, it obviously it's tough financially. It's, uh-huh. um, and you know, there was a lot of there was yeah a lot of uncertainty but we kind of decided to just to just you know go even harder the on the next album uh nikki who started the band with tim uh he stepped it up huge and and wrote the the full album for Welcome to Bonkers that came out in 2018. Oh, really? Um, and wrote wrote and he's always been I to me he's always been like the most gifted songwriter that that's been in the band and you know that he he was being honestly he was being really he was trying to be a good bandmate and was like oh we should all write ideas and everything and uh, eventually it was kind of like you know you write the best shit and me and my manager both were our manager were like telling him you know like you should just. You should just write the whole album. Like you've you've got it. Like your your shit is always the best. And and that that was a huge change when we released Welcome to Bonkers 2018. We got to tour mm-hmm. Warp Tour on it. We got and uh, we did Summer Slaughter on that album. And with the material we had in hand, that definitely we kind of we climbed out of the the kind of the hole we had gotten into ourselves into. So
0: is that kinda, the point? Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say that, that so that we kind of repeated that at least that organization of of work for this newest album. So we're like, okay. okay, that, that works so well. We use the same producer, Jason, who kind of, who's, who's at this point feels like an additional bandmate with the band. Cause we work so well together. So mm-hmm. kind of, we, we had to kind of, so, you know, to, to as I, so this is all an extremely long winded way of saying, yeah, it's like, no. to, 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 to keep up with the, the no one survives video. It took a lot of steps back before taking more steps forward cool. to kind of, to get this back. So, because now it feels like it's, it's consistent with where it was when in 2012, when that video dropped. And okay. we had a lot okay. of uh, so, yeah, a, a lot of, uh, soul searching to kind of get back here, kind of, yeah.
0: Sure, yeah, because I I would imagine it gets rough. It's like, especially yeah. if you still have to work another job or you have to do these other things, it's like, you're trying to juggle, like, is this going to really work or like, uh, right. You, is yeah. Right, it's
1: worth putting our time into and losing our sanity over. And, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually it, <laughs> it, it came back to, yeah, you know, <laughs> like this is, you know, this is like, this is a really awesome thing, and we just have to dial back on the things that don't make this as awesome and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah and well, uh,
0: yeah. with the with the with not the new record but the one prior to that uh when you know stuff when when Nikki wrote the whole record how did that change as far as like a live setting and the you know fan base was it did it just grow even more at that point or was there like a big milestone or turning point there that you remember
1: it seemed uh like the material definitely seemed to resonate better like and, okay. you know, the, the stream the songs were streamed a lot more it was like it it it's yeah the, the songs just you were all kind of very hook oriented and yeah they translated live really well and it was like it was a perfect album to have in hand when getting the opportunities we were getting like like warp tour and, and okay. summer slaughter so it, it felt like our we were more easily able to convert fans you know and then it, 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 especially in it like i said before with the goblin thing it's like there's we definitely want to prove to people that that we're musicians as just as much as we are entertainers with. with, Right. uh, Right. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, we know, like, you know, and we've even been told this, we've been told this by people we've worked with. We're like, uh, that they're like, you know, at first I thought I I went and saw your set at the festival and I thought this was going to be some lame thing. And then you guys are super fun and you're actually all like competent musicians. And it was Mm -hmm. actually, you know, and so I feel like we've, we've learned to defy expectations of what, of, Whatever cheesy thing you think this might be, and maybe yeah, it is still it is cheesy. But at least if we're gonna make it cheesy, let's you know at least provide some kind of you know. Yeah, but it, 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 songwriting. Whole, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. the reason
0: at least what I think the reason why it's successful is because the, the the music is there and the, the you me. guys are great players. If it was just like I said, some some guys a goblin, and then the songs weren't there, then it, it would have been a viral video that just kind of came and went. Totally. Yeah. Well, tell me about, so where were you guys at when the pandemic hit? I know in 2020, you released the system of down cover, which is rad, but, um, what, before that, were you on the road and have to, you know, were you rushing back to the States or like, wh- where were you at in the, the beginning half of 2020?
1: Yeah, we were, um, we were in Europe with, uh, with a band called glory hammer. Um, okay. and so we had done a, a string of headline dates in the UK and then met up with them and doing direct support on that tour. And that was so like we got back in mid February, I want to say. So like, uh, and the pandemic hit just like two, three weeks later. So it
0: was like, Oh, so you're home at least at this time. We point. got, we got
1: home. We started to hear mumblings about this coronavirus thing. And we're like, that sounds crazy, but you know, kept on, we get home and we had festivals and everything planned for that summer, um, which obviously got canceled, but, mm-hmm. uh, it did, we were already, that was the last, that was meant to be the last tour of our, our album cycle. Okay, um, so it was kind of we were already ready to get back in and and finish up a new album, and uh, yeah, uh, Chop Suey that came out that you know, we'd already Chop Suey we'd begun recording like a year before. It was like a you know it was an idea we had like oh it'd be so cool to do a Chop Suey cover and we we started recording it and we hadn't you know it was the ideas were half half there it it, it wasn't yet this kind of like EDM metal mashup that it is now and mm-hmm. you know, something was. Missing, So we kind of, you know, we, we kind of started on it and just, we, we weren't sure where to go with it because we didn't want to just, we didn't want to do a straightforward cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we were sitting on it and then the pandemic happened and, you know, uh, suddenly the only way to, for us to kind of be seen and heard was just to release more music. And it's like, hey, mm-hmm. we've been sitting on this thing. Let's like, you know, let's finish it and, and put it out. And so that kind that really helped us kind of like stay relevant during the pandemic. I feel like because it was mm. that was a really tough time to, especially. Well, I I feel especially bad for bands that had just completed an album and were about to go on tour. The pandemic, right. and then suddenly mm-hmm. they don't have that opportunity to promote their album, and
0: or they're holding it it for there. a year and a half, they're, right? They're I holding mean, it forever, yeah. yeah. And then it's yeah. like, well, yeah. we wrote a whole other album. And then of course it's like <laughs> what right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah, just finished up the album cycle. You guys put out Chop Suey. And when do you start writing this, the new record that's coming, it's coming out in the beginning of April. Yeah. So the April 1st, 1st. Yeah. Which is a perfect day for that, for your band release <laughs> <or> record. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what I found out April 1st was uh, April. Yeah. When I found out that April 1st fell on a Friday this year, which was the yeah, music release day. I was like, we, we have to, we're an echo that Yeah
0: that's that's
1: just low-hanging fruit we got to take it (laughs) (laughs) right right right. (laughs) um but uh uh, nikki had been writing for for the new album since i think right like uh this is it he started writing right after we got off warp tour 2018 wow and he and that one was like all right we definitely have to use that one Mm -hmm. Uh, we all we all loved that song and uh but he uh he probably wrote like between like 30 and 40 songs for the album in in total. Like, uh, you know, not all completed, completed ideas, but most of them already had like, you know, at least a verse and chorus Mm -hmm. already in the bag. Uh, so we had a lot to work with, which we're not used to. Usually it's like, all right, here are the 10 songs we completed. Or, you know, this time it was Nikki kind of had, yeah, he had a, just a surge of creativity. And I think coming back from tour where he misses working as you know, writing, you know, in his, in his studio, I think it like, coming back from tour like he it makes him hungry to to write again I feel work, like he, yeah so and that was 2018 was such a heavy like probably our heaviest touring year yet um which compared to most bands is not very heavy but we still toured about we did at least over a hundred shows that year.
0: That's a lot of so, shows. So, so like for, for
1: us it's a lot of shows. Um, uh, that's so, a lot of shows. So, so I think Nikki couldn't wait to get back and just just get back to just writing and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, not sleeping on a, on a fucking tour vehicle or bus <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it yeah. came to recording the record, was that um, difficult at all? Or w- when you started working on the recording process, were you able to kind of get together and rehearse the songs and then, you know, uh, it was, put it down?
1: It was interesting because uh, the, uh, so the, 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 pandemic hit. And then uh, I decided to go stay in Florida uh, uh, with my girlfriend Okay, and uh, our producer Jason also lives in Florida, and so like, and there was a time where it was like, all right, like let's try to limit travel as much as possible. It's you know, we, we, everyone has to live in a bubble because mm-hmm. we everyone didn't know what was going on with the pandemic, right? And how right. to gauge it, um, but I was like, you know, but I was you know talking to Jason, and we hadn't even fully decided a track listing for the album. We hadn't, we hadn't done the normal pre-pro process, you know, like I, I had tracked a couple things, a couple demos and, but uh it was just kind of this decision, like everything's at a standstill and we're bored. And I, I just hit up Jason. And I was like, and we were like, should we just start? Should we just start recording? Like we're not done writing, but mm-hmm. what else are we going to do? And like, you know, Nikki hadn't written more ideas yet. And we were just kind of st- staring at this, this like pile of ideas. And I was like, well, let's just, let's start recording, you know? And so, it was like a, a lot of like back and forth. Like I'd go over to Jason's, we would record like, you know, like maybe four or five songs of guitar and some of those songs were not even complete. They didn't even have an outro yet. We're like, all right, let's record what's written
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then track it, hear it. And then that would inspire Nikki. Nikki's like, Oh, here, maybe I thought of an outro for this song based on that, based on the recording of that you guys did of the song. And so it was a, a very piecemeal back and forth process that, Uh, i wouldn't recommend (laughs) but but the the results were great so you know who knows maybe maybe we're like hey let's especially let's see how the album does but you know maybe we're like hey maybe that's exactly how we have to do every single album but uh uh yeah it was it was recording bit by bit and assessing and okay now we have these about these kind of songs we need we need another, we needed a happy sounding song. Cause we always have fun, major sounding songs on echo albums, you know? So, mm-hmm. we're like, you know, they're like, all right, what else, Nikki, what else you got? You know? And so we, so we wanted to make it a really like uh just diverse listen. I don't like it when like two songs on an album sound too similar or, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we wanted it to be, yeah, every song to really have its own theme and really be mm-hmm. its own thing, and and not be redundant, and so, and while still giving everyone what they've known to love about Necro, you know, all the, I, I'm like a, I definitely am always like checking out our streams and saying, all right, what songs are doing, what are our fans listening to, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, so it's given me a good idea of what people truly love about Necro, and it's and a lot of it's what I love about Necro, so mm-hmm. it was, it, it it wasn't terribly hard to kind of whittle down exactly what songs to use together, okay. but, but Nikki out of wrote the
0: 40, a, it wasn't hard to like, it, the it was, album-ish it was together.
1: there were, there were different standouts. There are ones that I just wanted, even in demo form, I wanted to keep listening to over and over again. I'm like, that's yeah. a, that's a sign we should, we should roll with those. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Nikki wrote a ton of awesome stuff that, that didn't make it on the album. So, you know, there's always a possibility of B sides or yeah, what have you.
0: That's yeah. cool. Um, Was it, do you feel like there's less pressure on this record because of, the fact that, you know, it's not like you have to get something ready for a big tour. And well, at least at yeah. the time, there's nothing really, there wasn't a lot, a lot going on.
1: Yeah, there was, um, and it, thankfully because we put out chops to that bought us more time to okay. keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the main pressure, the main pressure we felt was just the pressure to just completely outdo ourselves and, mm-hmm. and, and just crush the last album. And so that's ultimately that's where it all comes down to. And being such a, like a unique band, um, it never feels like we're competing with another band. You know, it's, there's no, right, right. there's only, there, there's only one goblin metal band like us that does this style. So we're the only, our only true pressure competition is all right, we got to just make an even better silly goblin metal record, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and where did the, like I was saying earlier, the the YouTube show that you guys have with right now, like that, is that a concept that kind of came out of with, with what you guys are doing with the band or is that just something that he decided to go out? Cause that's, it's fun. I mean, it's really funny. He's like, like yeah, I said, he's quick yeah. and the, the production value of it is like perfect. And the, the, the subtle like jokes, like with the, you know, the, the chilies, egg rolls and stuff <laughs> like the stuff like that, like I think are so funny and like, is that, is that something you guys all kind of write together?
1: Uh, so it's, it's primarily Brandon and, and Dave that write it. Yeah. Okay. So they get to their, and they, they thought of the the talk show idea back in like 2015 and we, we did a, our, a couple pilot episodes and, and like a lot of it's in like, addition to like the Chili stuff is so much of it started the same way the band started, which is like a, a series of jokes that we just allowed to go too far.
0: <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like, wouldn't it be funny? Like, like, you know, just like, like, what if John Gallican just like loves chilies? You know, that idea, that idea <laughs> Brandon came up with, and we just we just kept rolling with it and kept posting it and just got getting persistent about it and like tapping chilies on the shoulder on Twitter and everything. And then they eventually started embracing it and and hooking us up with you know gift cards and, That's and hooking awesome. us up with swag. So it's just it's. Another just silly joke of wouldn't it be funny turned to life because we just decided to to go for
0: it? <laughs> yeah. No, that's so funny. It's yeah. the the concept I, the the one I watched earlier was with Bobby Lee. Um I love Bobby. He's from us he 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 went, he's older than me, but he grew up in the same area that I grew up in San Diego. Oh nice. Um but he says something, he's like, Did, did you get these egg rolls? Cause I'm gonna be on the show. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And John Goblikon <laughs> like, goes, oh, you're from the South. West? <laughs> you're from the yeah. Southwest. He's like, oh, these are Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was my favorite dying. moment from that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, and that was that, improv
1: that, too. Yeah, that wasn't planned at all. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's this is a lot of that just off the cuff. Him just kind of going. So he, he comes up with with like certain questions
1: that are just like, all right, well, with this guest, you know, okay. I, I have to hit on this. Like this is a. a this this is too funny of a joke like yeah are the publicists
0: gonna freak out when they they (laughs) hear
1: me going off like this (laughs) luckily everyone seems to understand that you know it's a comedic show so you know no one comes on taking themselves too seriously or anything but uh but the the interactions and where where these the episodes go is is all just based on the chemistry between dave and whoever the guest is and and yeah and some of the some of the funniest moments are just not planned at all, and they just happened. And like the the first time, like the first time, like his set started falling apart, like in in the first two. I think it was in the very first episode. Like that wasn't planned. Like it just like oh one really thing actually fell off and
0: we're like that's, <laughs> that's funny. Like that's his set's just falling apart the entire yeah, time. That <laughs> just makes sense. And like and it works. It's almost yeah. like guys, to me, I was like, oh, they must have just planned this because it's yeah. funny. Like well, it, then we cheap. started then we started planning it after that. Yeah, okay. after, after the
1: first item fell and we thought it was funny. We're like, all right, we, maybe like Everything's this just, has, has to be a thing that keeps happening. Where <laughs> we just can't get his shit together and his set keeps falling
0: apart. Oh, man, that is so funny. Um, well, what, for, what, when the record comes out, you're, t- you're doing a uh, tour to support it? Yeah, so it should be in all of June. Um, okay. we, we
1: had a lot of different plans for when the tour would be even, uh, you know, the pandemic and new variants is like, all right, everyone's, no one's going to shows. Everyone's freaked out. Let's push this back kind right. of thing. So, um, so June seems like it, June is when we're slated right now. I don't, I can't imagine that getting pushed back any further because we, yeah. we have an album to support. So, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, June in the U S and then, uh, hopefully Europe is good for this for right after that. Cause we, we have the few festivals around this uh-huh. year. So hopefully those all still happen.
0: <laughs> That's exciting. That's like, yeah. Are you doing the headlining tour? Are you supporting somebody in the United States? U.S. tour will be headlining. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. is which, awesome. Which really we haven't exciting. done
1: in a while, so I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Alex. I appreciate yeah. your time. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, I love the video. And, and of course, I haven't had a chance to hear the record, but I like the song that I've heard thus far. And uh, awesome. I can't wait to hear the rest of it. And what you guys are doing is just so awesome and so it's hilarious, but it's all like I said earlier a few times. Just like the the music, if the music wasn't there and it didn't make sense, then it wouldn't ever be, you know, where where it is now. But um, I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Hmm.
1: Um, I could think of a lot of things to say. Uh, I think you know the best thing I could say honestly is to just put a lot of time into your art. That's, that's really, there's, you, there's so many different tics, tips and tricks to get ahead, but like, you know, that everything begins and ends with the music. So, you know, if put, put the most of your time into just your craft and what you, what you're making and make it and, and put an insane amount of time into it. And that's like, that's the best thing you can do, I think. And that, that'll, that'll get you further than networking, all the other stuff that comes with it, that stuff helps do those things as well but i think that as long as your priority is on your art and your presentation and and on connecting with people via that specifically um more than just you know TikTok and whatnot i think that's gonna <laughs> i think longevity wise i think you'll have a better career that way